Welcome to First and Fifteen, the show that takes you around the UK flag football scene. Sponsored by Nuola, your customised sportswear supplier. Hello and welcome to the First and Fifteen podcast. This is the Southern Region coverage and my name is Jay Ballaby. And I'm delighted to be joined by our regular panellist, Lewis Phillips. Hello. And Ryan Homolone McKeveney. Hello. And guys, today we're joined by our special guest, Reading Dev. Welcome to the show. Hello there. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you, and Martin, we're going to be running you through some uh, some some little quiz questions at the end, just to just to find out more about you. But as we go through the uh, as we go through the fixtures today, feel free to chip in and, and tell us what you think about the teams. Um, but guys, we'll start with the Premiership East in the last game day of the year before we get to postseason action. Um, in the East, you're travelling all the way to London and, and home alone. You wanted to talk about the Devils and the Flash. That I did. Yes, it's a rematch of. From game day one, um, cast your minds all the way back uh, where the Flash beat the Devils. I think it was a nine-point difference there. Um, But I think, obviously, it's been a very long season um, and we get this game again. Um, The Flash looking to secure a playoff spot on the day. Devils looking to build some momentum going into the playoffs. So I I think this will be a really good game. Um, I know the Flash have been dealing with some injuries, but you always know Brian is never going to take it easy on you so you're going to get a good game regardless um of what squad he has there so yeah i think this will be a really really interesting one for sure the the flash squad's definitely changed in, in, over the course of the season um and with that game coming very very early on in the year martin probably a good chance to bring you in here feeling feeling confident ahead of that game uh yeah i think so i think um in in terms of the first game it was just a bit Classic, nothing too controversial. They played really well. Uh, we gave away too many easy touchdowns on defense, too many missed opportunities on offense. I think we've cleaned up our game a lot, and we've learned that we kind of got to be perfect against everyone in this uh, at this level. Um, but like you said, they've had a lot of change, a lot of things going on in that Flash team. But I think this time we're just thinking a bit more about ourselves and a little less about them. Yeah, and, and being in third place now, you've you've got you've got nine wins under the belt. It must it, it must give you that pressure off scenario, right? To be able to say, actually, guys, we we do belong here. It's not the first game day. The nerves are kind of out the window. It is a bit a bit more about postseason prep. Uh, but if I had to push you for a score prediction, guys, what would what would you go with? I think the Devils will overturn that nine point deficit. I think when you look at the results, barring the Sharks game, it, it's been a team that's been pretty flawless ever since game day one, really. So I think maybe the smoke game before that would be almost a little bit of a warm-up. So I think you'll get a Reading Devils team that's very ready to go out and win a game um, and take it into the postseason. Yeah, I would agree there. I mean, we're always going to bet on ourselves. I I wouldn't really come on the podcast and be like, yeah, I think we're going to lose, actually. (laughs) Um, But I think it'll be Devils by a little, uh, but I think we'll feel... You know, like we like we earned it if we do come out with that win. I don't I don't think we'll come out feeling like we scraped it. For sure, for sure. Okay, cool. Well, let's get down to the other business end of the table then and talk about Aylesbury VPP, the other the other critical East game going on. Obviously, we touched on this last week in our review show, but the sort of the scenario stands that if if uh, the Spartans win that game, um, it does put them ahead in terms of records. Into if in comparison to the Panthers, if all other fixtures are equal. Home alone, give us, give us your analysis on this game. 
Yeah, so again, this one was only played, I think, two game days ago um, at our last single conference game day. Um, and VPP really ran away with this. Um, I think they've been playing fantastically well. Um, but equally, Aesbury have pulled out some results um, as of late. So I think it has all the sort of makings of a good game, especially with what's on the line in terms of avoiding that promotion relegation game day. For me, I think VPP will win this one. I think they've developed a bit more of an aerial attack um, to go vertical over the course of the season. So I think Aylesbury will struggle, but maybe looking a bit further forward, I think Aylesbury will be fine in the um, promotion relegation game, which is my prediction. And Martin, anything to add in that sense? Uh, I feel like VPP have changed a lot, kind of building on what Home Alone said. I think with Aylesbury from, I mean, with both these teams, it's been almost three years since I've probably played Baffa. So in terms of sample size for me, what I've seen with my own eyes, it's not great. But Aylesbury, it seemed like it depends a lot on who they have there. I feel like I've seen them on multiple game days and I'm looking at two different teams sometimes. So it'll be interesting to see what happens on that day. I mean, I do back them on their day, of course, and same with VPP. So it'll be an interesting one. It's just something about this game. I don't know what it is. I've just got a, a funny feeling in my tummy that there's just something about this game is going to go weird. So I think I think VPP are the um, are probably the favourites in this, but I don't know. Aylesbury seemed to put it together at that last game day. Maybe it was the rain or maybe just things started to click, but I've got a funny feeling there might be an upset on the cards. I think it's always a good situation, right, when you when you have a... Because this is essentially a final, isn't it, at the end of the day? This is a win or go home type mm. scenario, right? Teams do push themselves that little bit more. If you're if you're the team in control, do you have the bottle to be able to see it out? I mean, Spartans are coming from a position of well, we we we're in that we're in that underdog scenario anyway, so we've got nothing to lose. We can we can play quite freely as a result of that. It's how the Panthers deal with the pressure um, as a result of being the team in control right now. I think that's the interesting storyline, and that probably throws the cat amongst the pigeons. And I, I believe, the, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Devils boys, this is a Saturday game day. Yes, it is. Yeah. A little bit of rain on the forecast as well for Saturday. Just to throw that, I mean, that, that the factor other in there. To consider with this game is having that promotion relegation playoff to fall into. Does that factor in for some of these teams? Is it an opportunity for them to try something new? Do we see, if it doesn't go well to start with, do we see teams just try and get some prep in for that game day? I don't think it's as much on the line as it was maybe in previous years in terms of relegation um, in the regular season. So I think we could see, um, again, if, if things don't go one of the team's way, them just sort of abandon that game and just try and give some thought to, um, obviously, those promotion relegation games. Yeah, maybe if things... Yeah, you're talking about getting into the game there, and, and I think there's, um, there's... Yeah, you're probably right with that, but... Um, there's certainly, I think, a lot to play for in this game, which which I like. In the you know, in in years past, you're talking about two teams at the bottom of the division. No one's going to playoffs, you know. At the end of the year, the, the season's over, and you get a nice long run into to next to next season. There's actually stuff on the line here. I imagine, I don't know, but I imagine like not just for not just for pride, but you don't want to be in this game, do you? Like, yeah, sure, there's a pride thing of, oh, we're fighting for our lives to stay in the premiership here. But, like, if whichever team loses this game, that's it. Your season's over. You can relax, chill out, maybe put a pause on practice, spend some time with the family, 
you know, you get a nice long run into the off season. Whichever team wins, uh, sorry, whichever whichever team wins gets gets to end their season like that. Um, and whichever team loses, you've got another game day. You know, you've got you, that's another game where people have got to be prepared. People have got to, you know, you've got to have training sessions in the lead up to it. Like, I think there's there's still stuff to play for, and what you're playing for is to end your season. Yeah, it's certainly it's something certainly something we've never seen before from uh, from Baffer League. So it will be interesting to see how the emotions play out all day. Um, looking forward to looking forward to that feedback when we uh, when we come back together to do the the wrap up for the season. We'll uh, we'll move on to the West fixtures then, guys, um, which are being held in Chichester, um, and we'll start with the hosts. Uh, their fixture against the Coventry Phoenix. A uh, little bit of form table to work into this. So earlier in the season, this was a thirty-two to six win for the Chichester Sharks, but we know. Uh, that our esteemed colleague Gareth Price is now on his long honeymoon, um, which makes a bit of a change to that that defence for the Sharks. Um, in terms of the table, they're obviously very, very evenly pitched, both with seven wins. Sharks edging the record right now with that single draw. So this does really factor into playoff position. Home Alone, tell us your thoughts on the game. Yeah, so this is the opportunity for both teams to actually go out and sort of secure a playoff spot. Um, I think Salford are the team looking in with five, one and six records. So I, I think for both of them, they'll be keen just to ease maybe some concerns about playoffs, um, maybe get a little bit of a better standing. But yeah, I, I really think that both these teams are going to want to win um, that game. Again, there's a lot to be said about building momentum into the playoffs. Um, and from what I've obviously we've seen quite a lot of the Sharks over the years, but even the Coventry Phoenix this year um, did give us a very good game. So I think it will be closer than the one earlier in the season. Um, I'd probably suggest that the Sharks will um, just edge ahead. But yeah, I think this is still a must-win game for both teams and I don't think either can afford to sort of take their foot off the gas. And Martin, you've obviously played both these teams this year. Who, who would you favour? I mean, I was definitely, in the games we played, I was more impressed by the Sharks for obvious reasons. I mean, they put 38 on us. Um, I think the Phoenix have a nice big playability. It's just about whether they capitalise on it. Um, I think the Sharks would be kind of my safe bet. I would be not shocked, but I would I'd be a little bit surprised if the Phoenix came away with it. Fair enough. Fair enough. It will be interesting to see from a Sharks perspective who they do slot into that second safety role. Um, I know they've got a plethora of, of good, talented receivers that they can probably probably call on to put in there, but it's it's about who leads that defense now that Gareth's not there, um, and how well the play calling matches up across, as you say, Martine, a very explosive at times Phoenix offense. Um, certainly, I think this will be a high scoring affair between the two teams. Uh, we will move on then to the other game of interest in the West, which is the Titans Phoenix. Um, historically, been well, these are two teams that know each other really, really well, really, aren't they, Home Alone? So that's that's probably why we're pulling this one out. Yeah, definitely. Um, like I say, they always seem to come up against each other multiple times a year, even outside of the Baffer Leagues. Um, but for me as well, I think this is a great opportunity for both teams um, for different reasons. I think Coventry Phoenix, this is a chance to go and knock off a team that has quite consistently had their number, really. Um, again, they'll be wanting to win if the Sharks game doesn't go their way as well. I think that's another element for it. Um, but for North Hans Titans, they didn't have the most amazing game day um, at the cross-conference, picking up two losses there. So for me, this is the, that game that they'll be circling um, to actually go out and put a statement up and go out and say that they are still the top team um, in the West. 
um, and actually build some more momentum back for playoffs um, because obviously losing to Reading, losing to Smoke, it at that late stage in the season, I think it can have a detrimental effect, especially given who they've lost. So I, I think both teams will be really, really keen to win this, um, but for entirely different reasons. It's a super solid opportunity to give yourself a bit of a benchmark, right, with a little bit of change they've had in their squad through red injury and uh, and, and people moving. Um, but also, I mean, in the grand scheme of the the sort of national picture, it's probably one that they need for seeding. And and we've seen Coventry in, in years gone by put put fixtures like this away <clears throat> and gets results against Northland's Titans teams that maybe haven't shown up on the day or don't have the right motivation in those different game days for whatever reason. So it's absolutely one for us to uh, to look at. Lewis, Lewis, have you got anything to say about these two teams? Um, I, well, I think it'll, it'll be interesting to see what, what happens with the Titans because they obviously, I think, feel a bit like uh, stung from the last game day. The last game day gave them their first losses on the day. As you said, they've had they've been suffering with injuries, availability, people moving um, out, out of the country. So how do Northants respond to that? Are they going to come back and show that, you know, that's not going to affect them? They're still the same team that um, that has been dominating the West uh, all season. Um, or is this, uh, are they a bit vulnerable now? Is this an opportunity for, for the Phoenix to to take a, a big scalp? And as you say, if, if they can um, if they can overturn the Sharks as well and, and overturn the Titans, then that's, they're going to be hopping up the seeds. They're sitting in the 11th seed at the minute. You know, nine wins, you're looking at uh, that sort of maybe six or seven uh, seed kind of area. Um Come the end of the season, which makes a big difference when you go through the through the um, through the brackets on finals day as to who you play. So it's all to play for. Absolutely, absolutely. <clears throat> well, I think we're all looking forward now to that postseason picture, especially with uh, with such a strong showing from the Premiership seven teams. Right, um, it's just about as getting as many of those teams there as, as we think deserve to be there. Because as much as we might be able to say the Sharks are fifth and the Phoenix are sixth, probably nationally, I'd say they jump up a little bit higher than. Than probably what that standing gives them, right? Just not on the basis of the fact that the rest of the the rest of the UK is necessarily weaker, just in the way that actually those teams are very, very explosive and can and will be really, really strong teams nationally on their day. Good stuff. That's the Premiership action uh, finished. Then let's move on to some quick news items we've got to talk about i've also i've, I've got two bits to talk about here lads um but let's start with welsh bowl um just generally as that was a a um a mostly southern i think all the players there in fact were southern um regions play, players if i think back correctly lewis because you were there yeah. as well don't think there was um, anyone there from out of the south no but we had some strong showings from a sort of uh, a first and 15 team made up of Coventry, uh, Phoenix and Sharks players who took the tournament win home, but also a, a showing from some Div 1 boys in the in the Sealand Seahawks making the final as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a, a really good weekend. Uh, congratulations to, to, to first and 15 guys. Um, yeah, you can see you've got they, they came with a squad of seven, I think, and ended up with six by the end of the day because they picked picked up an injury not sure who it was but yeah you had um you had two two sharks boys two cup phoenix boys the, the, the eatons were there uh you had vin and will quigley from the sharks and then the squad was rounded out by paul hindle from the falcons and uh aiden marcelli from waveney who um fit play congratulations to him uh picked up the picked up the mvp on the weekend 
Um, but uh, and, and, and a big thank you to, to Dale Davis and, and the Gwent Gators um, organization for putting on uh, a really awesome event. And actually, the weather held for us, which is really nice because the forecast was rubbish. Yeah, absolutely. We were, we were preparing for the worst down there, but it was a really, really good event. I have to say good props to uh, for, to Dale and Gwent for, for organising it. Um, and yeah, congratulations to First and 15 on their, on their win. Bit ironic, though, as we did point out, Lewis, that in Welsh Bowl, the two teams in the final were from really England. Yeah, Dale uh, will not be inviting. He has to invite First and 15 back as defending champions, but I don't think English teams are going to get a look in for future tournaments. Yeah. And then the other bit of news I just wanted to touch on very quickly, we might not have loads of analysis to do on this necessarily, but obviously IFAF finally re- released their European Flag Football Championship groups. Um, so for those of you who aren't across this, I will read the groups out to you now, courtesy of the great graphic that the Frogs have put together in, in Ljubljana. Uh, so Group A is Finland, Ireland, Italy, Switzerland and Ukraine. Uh, group B is France, Great Britain, the Netherlands, Slovakia and Spain. What a group that is. Group C, Austria, Belgium, Cameroon, who are newcomers, and Georgia, who are newcomers, and Israel. And Group D, Czech Republic, Denmark, Germany, Poland, and Sweden. Um, appreciate I'm sort of surprising you all by, by talking about this, but just very, very quickly, who are our favourites to, to win the Euros? Oof. Uh, I'm still reeling from the fact that my my European passport of yesteryear will no longer get me into Cameroon. Um, (laughs) (laughs) missing our Brexit that famous European country of Cameroon yes (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's it's difficult Uh, there's yeah there's there's some really good teams are going to miss out on knockout stages um, because of because of having tough groups Um, I think you've got a Denmark are always going to be in with a shout France always put up um, a really strong showing as well. So they, they're probably some of my favourites. Uh, you had, I mean, Italy um, had that incredible showing against uh, against the USA in the final of um, in the final of the World Games. So you know, don't count them out. They, they, they're going to be in probably the final four, I would imagine. Yeah, absolutely. And how do we and how do we fancy GB's chances? I think they're going to be pretty good or at least favouring themselves, I'd imagine, to get up into that top conversation. Um, I think when you look at the prep work they've done, um, I know they've had several camps seemingly every couple of weeks. Um, that offence kind of plays together quite a lot um, at the Smoke organisation. So I think there's going to be a lot of familiarity within the team. Um, so I think they're going to have a great chance to go potentially all the way um, but if not, a definitely a long run into the tournament. And of course, away from the mixed slash men's game, we, we, we need to talk about the women's groups as well. So uh, in Group A, we've got Austria, Finland, Germany, Ireland, Spain, Switzerland. And in Group B, we have Czechia, Denmark, France, Great Britain, Italy, Sweden and Ukraine. And it would be remiss of me to say, boys, I have to think that Great Britain must be one of the favourites for this. Yeah, I think so. Um, they're always uh, always up there. That the squad that they've announced looks really strong. Um, again, France always put up a fight in in uh, in the, the women's brackets as well. Spain always send a really great uh, women's team. Austria probably um, maybe the second favourites. That might be that might be your final. Uh, and again, Sweden as well. Don't 
they they get overlooked quite a lot and have, have caused some upsets. But yeah, I got, got to think that Great Britain have have a really good chance of uh, of going to the final again. I know, Martin, you had the opportunity of watching some of uh, some of the Great Britain uh, ladies play out in. Uh, is it King Bowl that you went to? Or was it Big Bowl? Yeah. So as as many people would have seen at King Bowl, they played an incredible final against Team USA there. Um, and obviously, if you're coming up against Team USA, it's going to be an incredible game. You got it. You got to play well to stay in that game and to have lost by one point. I mean, if you go back and you watch that game, you can see me somewhere in the corner behind the end zone with just my jaw open the whole time because they were so automatic. They looked incredible. They just, everything worked. Everyone was playing well. I don't really remember any plays where I think, oh, you know, that, that was a bad play call or, oh, could have got more yards there. Oh, that's a bad drop. You know, what a situation to, to leave that play on the field. I think they've got a really, really good chance at winning this. Absolutely. And we'll be celebrating, I'm sure, by watching the streams that will come out um, nearer to the event. Lewis, I'm sure they'll either be on the first and 15 pages or they'll be on the way that we HNC it. Someone will have posted it somewhere. Yeah, the I believe the way, the way we HNC it have already uh, sent out sort of like a, a schedule, everything that will be, every, all the two two te- two pitches will be streamed through IFAF TV. And uh, yeah, if you go on to the way we HNC, it's uh, WordPress blog. Uh, I think they've got a um, uh, a sort of order of the day and have uh, circled the games that are going to be streamed. Good stuff. Good stuff. Cool. All right, we'll return back to our regular analysis then of the uh, the Southern Game Day. So let's go to Div One and in the East. Let's uh, we're, we're in Solent for this game day. Lovely, lovely South Seaside. Uh, game day venue not too far for Chester to travel and let's start with them they've got a game against the Marauders which is worth talking about Lewis yeah so uh, Marauders um, talked a lot about them uh, in our review of game day five um, after a home off uh, the Coyotes had a bit of a rough finish at home uh, losing to the Gators and the Kings so uh, back in their own division now back with some more familiar opponents um, they've uh, you know, maybe maybe something that's a bit more on their level uh, they, the what's interesting to look at here is is the last two games, and this is looking at the form um, is is really what makes this uh, this fixture stand out. So, in you know last two games, last two times these teams have played. Um, so obviously Salisbury City Marauders were in uh, were in the West last year, so only played Chichester once last year in cross conference. So uh, they've only played each other twice, um, and they split it. So. Uh, you know, last year, uh, Chichester Sharks B took the win 27-26, just one point in it. Uh, meanwhile, earlier this year, Salisbury City um, took a two-point lead, 14-12 to over the Sharks. So uh, I think Sharks have come a long way since then. Um, that was back in April. They certainly looked really impressive in, in Salisbury uh, in, in their games. They put in up 30-40 points. Um, so this will be a really interesting match to see if they can overturn that uh, that two point deficit, and I have every confidence that I think the Sharks um, Sharks will come away victorious in this one. Yeah, I mean we obviously got a good look at these two teams um, a few weeks back at the cross conference game. I'd say Salisbury looked the most the more explosive of the two. Um, definitely have that deep ball threat, right, um, and ability to hit you over the top in in, in big chunk play ways. Whereas Chichester are complete opposite. They've got a They've got a very structured way of playing. They want to grind out your um, eight play drives. Their defense is really, really solid in fundamentals. They've got a scheme that works for them. 
Um, I think it's going to be a really, really well balanced game. Actually, obviously, the form or form says that that should be the case. Um, yeah, the word you're looking for is consistency, and that's what Chichester bring sure. to it. They bring they bring stability. They bring consistency. Yeah, you're right. Salisbury are probably a bit more explosive. They um, they rely on you know they, they they their ceiling is really high, and when they reach their potential, they can play some really some really interesting football. But they're not consistent, and they make silly mistakes, and they forget the fundamentals, and that's the kind of stuff that you know Chichester can really make you pay for. So I think you're right. This is going to be a a, a sneaky good game um, that might not have otherwise jumped off the page. Uh, but I, I, um, I do think that consistency from Chichester to just hold onto the ball, play possession football, do the, do the basic things right, we'll see them through. And probably quite a big fixture for Chichester, really, because I think a win here would almost certainly confirm their, their appearance in Manchester um, for finals, right? In, in one, of the, one of the lower seeds, absolutely. But if if they uh, if they're to drop a game here, that might see them out. So it's it's quite a it's quite an on a knife edge fixture for these guys. Yeah, they're sitting at seven and six at the minute in fifteenth seed, so they they're hanging on by a thread. Um, but yeah, certainly can't afford to drop any games. For sure, for sure. We'll stay with the Marauders because um, we fancy their game versus Waveney. Again, looking at the form table, very similar story. Uh, Salisbury had the better of them last year when they played. And this year, Waveney came out uh, eight-point winners from the last fixture. Waveney certainly going in with a slightly better form, definitely a higher score on offence. Uh, but there's every potential, I think, that Salisbury could turn this fixture around if they wanted to. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think the one thing that, um, that Waveney need to sort out is consistently turning up with with all their players um so i mean this is going to be virtually on salisbury city's doorstep um being in uh, being in solon um waveney has ever the most well-traveled team in in baffer flag um don't at me aberdeen uh <laughs> and um so yeah, if they but if they can if they can bring their their full squad, they they can bring their full strength. It's uh, certainly an explosive one. If they're missing a few key pieces, as as Dan mentioned, they they might have been at the last game day. Uh, who knows? It may be closer than than they would like. For sure, and, and Marauders would look will be looking to finish out the season there with two very. I would say from their perspective, they'll they'll look at those and think we should get two wins from that. If we really go for it, we should get two wins from those two games. Um, obviously sat with I think four wins at the moment off the top of my head um, opportunity to really really make their season look really quite balanced by the end of the day if they if they give it their all yeah again a team that had a hot start um, and that were you know popping off um, I think they were reached the dizzy and heights of fourth overall I think at yeah. some point in the south sure. and yeah. uh, but it's been it's been a, a long season since then um, and only winning one game out of the last five um, is uh, is quite quite telling in that respect for sure for sure but yes should be an interesting day in the east for sure i think the top seems to be pretty much solidified we're not predicting any results um before they've been counted but necessarily we'd say that the the spark and the uh, buckingham shore wolves look like they've got fairly simplistic fixtures in comparison to what they could otherwise have um so we we don't predict any massive upsets there but i think worth touching on from those two t- those two teams no, I don't think so. I think Spark are very much in control of their own destiny. They've got their game ahead on Buckinghamshire Wolves, and they've got a game in hand. So uh, they would it would take a minor miracle, I think, for them to to drop off the top spot. 
Good stuff. Okay, in which case we'll move to the west and in sunny uh, Risker, but otherwise known as Gwent for uh, Gwent Gators home day. Um, and we'll start with Gwent versus Exeter. Then, Lewis, your old team, obviously. Let me just read you. I have to do this because look at how close some of these fixtures have been, right? So the last three fixtures between these two teams in Baffer, at least, uh, we've got a 26-26 draw. We've got a 32-28 win to the Falcons. And then out of nowhere, we've got a 38-0 win for Gwent this year. Um, it should be a close game in my mind. Obviously, yeah. the last game doesn't say that. <laughs> yeah, and, and again, um, Gwent are another one of these teams that have put a, show a different team every time they turn up. Um, you know, again, no idea whether who's going to be quarterbacking. Um, you know, uh, is Leggy going to be there? Is Max Glover going to be there? Uh, yeah, Gwent, whole, I've got this massive question mark hanging over them at the minute. Um, and then on the other side of that, you've got Exeter, who since that last game where, uh, where Gwent pitched a shout-out, appear to have sort of... Uh, steadied the ship a little bit um, and, and put up some, some impressive results in the cross-conference and, uh, um, you know, by all accounts, put up a fight against Buckinghamshire Wolves, uh, very nearly um, very nearly beat uh, this London Spark in a close affair. So, um, yeah, this, this could be, uh, this could be an, another close game between these two teams. Um, even more important, I think, for Gwent, uh, this is this will be their only game on the day. Western Supers have, have pulled out, forfeited the game day. Um, so really, Gwent kind of need this to to uh, to solidify their spot in um, in the in the finals, barring any big upsets north of the border, because uh, the Aberdeen Silvercats are currently sitting in the 16th seed. But they've got a tough slate of games ahead of them against the top three teams in their division. So, um, assuming there's not any big upsets in the HNC, a win here for the Gators could see them in uh, in in Manchester in a couple of weeks. And for our listeners that aren't religiously uh, tattooed into their eyeballs, the uh, the finals uh, finals rankings right now, where are Gwent sat? Seventeenth. So 17th. Uh, Aberdeen, Aberdeen. Uh, both teams technically with with Gwent's forfeit win uh both teams are uh on 8 and 7 uh, 53.3% win percentage uh it's just um Aberdeen Silvercats slightly better uh net points per game played which is 2. Minus 2. Point, uh, minus 0.27 to Gwent's minus 2.36 that's the only thing keeping them ahead. But again, with a, a win for Gwent here, and if we predict a couple of losses for, for Aberdeen in their final game, that will see them leapfrog them uh, into that final final seed. And just very quickly from a from a Gwent perspective, and we can talk about this, we can talk about this more in the review section. But is getting to Manchester obviously they got to Manchester last year in a in a lower seed. Um, is getting to that to that final day a successful season for them? I think so. Yeah, I think um, if we cast our minds back to to the the beginning of the year, um, I think a lot of us, I, th- I certainly did, um, had them sort of mid to low end of of this western uh, side of the table. Um, you know, you had the Exeter Falcons were the reigning champions. You had Swansea who'd gone to the um, gone to the national championship final. 
Kinsham looked very impressive and, and seemed to be just improving again year on year. And then you had Western Supers coming down um, from from the Premiership. So I think, you know, you wouldn't have been, uh, you couldn't have been blamed really for putting Gwent in, in, in fifth place, uh, considering all that. Um, so for them to then be talking about, you know, going back to going back to finals, uh, having dealt with, let's face it, the most difficult, uh, most competitive um, division in all of flag football, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a successful year for them to, to be in that top 16. Good stuff, good stuff. Are there any other fixtures to talk about, do you think? I don't think so. I think the West is actually quite... Um, Quite a quite a straightforward day. Oh yeah, I guess we should. Well, look, should we, should, just for, just for shits and giggles, should we just should we talk about the King Swansea game day? Oh, I suppose yeah. One one versus two in the Southern Div One standings uh, currently. Obviously, Kings getting the early season win over Swansea, forty eight to forty one. Uh, slight check, squad changes for Kings uh, since that fixture. Obviously, that we've, we've lost two Kiwi boys on defence, but two absolute form teams. As we look into his last five games, both teams with five wins. Uh, you've got you've got Ash Lewis and Harley Lambert playing absolutely on fire over in Swansea right now. Uh, Lewis, tell me what you think about the game. Oh, I mean, what a what a match to end on, right? Final game of the season. Swansea are nipping at the heels of of Kingsham. Um, this this is this is the show, this is the showdown. I think we may maybe might have made a bit of a hoo ha about the Kings versus London Spark game uh, with it being the two number ones. But man, West is best. This is this is really the showdown. That that I remember watching that game at the beginning of the season, the first time the Hammerheads and the Kings played, and what an exciting shootout! Forty-eight, forty-one to the Kings in the end. Um, you know, almost ninety points put up on on the board in total. Complete shootout, so close. Swansea almost had it. It was. I'm not sure my and now being in the squad and being on the on on the field for that game. For I don't know if my heart could take it. That sounds like you would like to be benched. <laughs> Never. No. Okay. No. Should be should be a tight game. Um, obviously, I think without wishing to misspeak, we we know that Kings and Swansea will see themselves in the postseason at least once in that promotion relegation uh, game day, barring a, barring any other odd thing going on. Um, and then at least at finals, the two teams will be there. Uh, is there a temptation from both teams to not show too much in this case? Do you think? I I think that would be smart for both teams. Yeah, I mean, I, I know you know both 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 organisations are proud. Uh, they they both want that number one top spot. They both want that higher seed in in finals. Um, but you also you know these are, these are also two organisations that are led by some pretty smart people. You don't want to put too much out there on film. You don't want to show your hand too much because let's face it, there are more important games to come. Absolutely. And I know Ash Lewis is preparing for this fixture very well by being in Croatia currently <laughs> on, a, on, a, on a special cruise. So, uh, I'm... Who is that? I'm joking. Oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> I did wonder, mate. I did no, wonder. No, I, He's I this guy. Him. He tosses a ball pretty well. Plays yeah. for GB every now and again. No, I, I love Ash. Love you, Ash. I mean, I, I doubt he's listening to your bunny podcast. But <laughs> one more one. 
No, exactly. He's too busy <laughs> sunning himself. Podcast anyway, so. <laughs> He's too busy sunning himself on a boat in, in the Mediterranean at the moment. Um, wear lots of sunscreen, Ash. That's my, not that's uh, not not too busy to to check in on Welsh ball, though. I saw um I saw David Camp was live streaming the uh, the games directly to him um, <laughs> whilst he was on his holiday. Unreal commitment. <laughs> that to man be... loves flag football. He's on holiday and he's watching a not only is it an amateur sport but a friendly essentially a friendly tournament on, a, on someone's <laughs> phone. It's like the Crystal Palace owner a couple of years ago had like ten grand phone bill streaming the last game of the season. That'll be Ash Lewis watching Welsh ball. <laughs> Brilliant, good stuff. Well, that wraps up our uh, our, our analysis of the fixtures that are going to come up in game day on uh, game day six if you're in the south or game day seven if you're looking at the national picture um so if you're not interested in listening to martin fazio talk then you can uh switch off now but if not we're going to do uh, we're going to do a little interview um and, and i welcome i welcome other people to to reach out if they if they think they're interesting enough to uh, to join us on the podcast and do a little interview um but martin uh, uh, when i googled when i googled questions i should ask someone um mm-hmm. In a, in a TV interview, it was essentially just tell me about yourself. So I want to expand on that a little bit. Tell us about how you got into flag football. Um, so, well, I went to Reading Uni starting in 2017, played for the contact team there. Um, in my first year, I had this quarterback who was a total pain in the ass. This is oh, yeah. Jay Ballamy. I don't know if you've heard of him. Uh, a um, little bit, a little bit. Yeah, but he was at this point pretty much running the, the flag team. Uh, you you weren't actually the QB when I started. It was it was Andy, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it would have been Andy Hollands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Andy, but you did you did coax me, um, because I was a pretty raw rookie, um, and so this man Jay's mystery man dragged me down. Played played that year. Played my second year, and then my third year, the big the big COVID hit. Um, and I basically haven't played until this season since then. I had a bit of a two or three year hiatus from flag. Um, but yeah, that's my story of how I got into it through contact at Reading Uni. And you got a pretty good connection with, uh, with Tom Holwell, having played with him in your second year, right? Just tell us about that, that connection you've got with him. Yeah. So just the way it kind of worked out, uh, the graduating class when we were in our first year was huge in terms of starters and there wasn't many second years to take over um so us heading into our second year after one year of playing experience he was the starting qb i was the number one option at receiver i got made offensive captain by my teammates and i I, i'll be honest i didn't know what a cover two was and i was the fucking offensive captain so um very much an uphill battle in that second year um didn't go great for us but we we learned a lot about how each other play. Um, and then in the third year, we performed really well. And I think even though, like I said, I've had that gap from playing football in general and from playing with Hallwell, I think him and I are, we, ha- we have a similar understanding of the game. Um, so yeah, we have a lot of fun in like a platonic, non-sexual way. Does, uh, does, does Hallwell know what a cover two is? I think so. You'd love to hope he does. <laughs> I think Holwell would never let on that he knows what a cover two is. Yeah. <laughs> Do you now know what a cover two is, Martin? Sorry? Do you now know what a cover two is? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Dude just runs fades and ins. That's it. Yeah. I run the straight lines on the paper. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't have, you don't have four hitches? What the hell? 
<laughs> Pitch fade, shoot, whip that old chestnut. <laughs> Absolutely. Shout out to Seattle. Um, <laughs> and Home Alone, just just to bring you back into the conversation, tell us tell us what it is to to play with a guy like Martin on your team. Oh, it's absolutely fantastic. He's the kind of guy that can um, take over a game. He's he sat giving me a big smile now that I'm talking him up, all that. But it's absolutely true. He had, I think you've had multiple games this year with three touchdowns at least. I think so. Yeah. Um, and it's just such a great addition back um, into the squad um, and just being able to take our starting offense to a whole new level. We sort of did really well last year, but I think this year we've pushed it one um, degree further and Martin's been a big part of that. I, I imagine that's probably the nicest thing you've ever said to him at this point. There may at have been some inappropriate touching involved. You've <laughs> 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 got a bright compliment so you can get him. Martin, what's been your favourite moment from this season so far? Um, I think there's, there's been a couple. It's hard to choose from. Uh, I'd say moment where I was probably most maybe hyped up was, I mean, I had a, a great game against the Spartans at home, individually speaking, but as a team, I think that North Hants cross-conference game was incredible. I mean, I was really impressed with the fact that in the first half, we only conceded like what, one, t- one score? I think so. And they didn't, that, yeah. they didn't convert it. So until late in the game, it was... 20 something to six. And I think that score ended up being like 33 to 19 or something. Um, And we went and scored on pretty much every drive on a team that was really impressive. Uh, And, you know, it's just really, it's it's always great to come up against a team with that many wins and to be able to chalk up a one in the L column. I think it's always, um, it's always good fun. I don't remember. I don't know if you remember Jay, we had a game against the Reapers years ago where they were like nine and oh, Oh yeah. Over the year, it's just a good feeling, you know, when you come up against really good competition, and you're able to come out on top. Was that the game day when um, Jacob absolutely mullered his his arm? Yeah. Yeah, wow. and he got that interception definitely out of bounds. Yeah, we were the only team to beat Reapers that year. Yeah. Um, what other What other questions do I have for you? If you could add one person, Martin, to the Devils. From the from the flag footballing world, who would you add? Um, you know, just because I would love to see the dynamic between him and Judo, I'd say maybe Jam Jam. The thing I like about Jam is that he gets under people's skins when he's on the field. I mean, obviously, you meet the guy, and he's a super nice guy. Yeah. Um, and I think you'd probably say the same about me, Jay. When I'm on the field, I'm a bit of a dickhead. Um, yeah, I'm, you've got a special way about you. And it's, I think it's, it's a useful part of the game. I think having a guy like that on your team that can get in people's heads and then also go and put the, the performances up would be, would be good fun. I think the other option would be... Chris Green. <laughs> <laughs> um, Excuse me. No, I'd probably say... Um, Charlie Williams, so we could bench him and then dismantle the smoke. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, get Hallwell some tape so he can go GB Gold, you know. (laughs) And moving away from football then, I've got some uh, very uh, small, quick-fire questions. So, uh, Martin, what would your walkout song be? Ooh. um, Feliz Navidad. (laughs) Great choice. Great choice. Vintage Devil. uh, Vintage Night's Law, that one. Oh, yeah. 
Absolutely. That's, that's deep humour. Um, are you more of a hunter or a gatherer? Ooh. I don't know. What a tough question. <laughs> oh, man. Only, I, a, I tell you, only, this... only a gatherer takes this long to answer that question. I would say Absolutely. probably a gatherer. Probably a gatherer. I'm, a, I'm a hunter if I need to be, but I feel like we've got a few hunters on the team. Fair enough. Fair enough. A very, very last question. Poppadoms or bread? Ooh. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna add a third option here and say empanadas. Ah, very good, very good, very good. Latin yeah. roots coming out of there. Fantastic, good stuff, then, guys. Martin, thank you so much for joining us. Been a real pleasure to have you along for the ride. And and guys, that wraps up all of our prediction shows for the year. Um, in terms of regular season, maybe we'll be back for pre uh, for the postseason. We don't know. Lewis, there's there's a little chance of a there's a little chance of a Manchester Friday night podcast between the two of us we we, we might organize that we'll see if we, we can get one going in the car on the way up maybe maybe, maybe. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I, think, I think we kind of ran out of steam last year didn't we and once the season ended we were just like ah oh, knackered no more podcasting the football's over but, yeah but uh, now but now we'll be having pints up in but until then guys good luck with the next game day um all the best and we'll see you for the review show but until then i've been jay ballamy joined by lewis phillips ryan home alone mckeeney and martin fazio until next time we'll see you that wraps up this episode find us on facebook at first and 15 podcast give us a like to keep up with all of our shows also, check out our sponsor, Nuola, for all your customised sportswear supplies. I mean, personally, I'm a, I'm a huge sexist person. <laughs> <laughs>